Good morning. Welcome to Kingsway. I know that uh, Trevor told you last week that Radical Summer is over, but we're going to do it again. Trevor asked me if I would visit with you this morning, and I said, well, Trevor, you are covering what I'm going to talk about. And he said, that's all right. Go ahead. Just to let you know that uh, the last time I was up here, we had a passion dinner after the service, which we have again today. And if you're not familiar with Passion, it's a conference. It has been in Atlanta. This year, they're going to go to Dallas. And this Passion Conference is, has such an impact on our young folks. I've had an opportunity to listen to Kyler talk about it a couple of times, and it has really made an impact. So I hope that you will be able to stay after. And it's a money, it's a not a money maker, it's a fund maker for the young folks for, to go to Passion. Now, the last time I uh, spoke like I normally do, about 20 to 25 minutes, and the lady that was in charge of the meal uh, wasn't prepared for that, and the, me the food wasn't ready. And she talked to me about that. <laughs> Today... Uh, we're going to take our time so you can sit back and relax. We're going to be here a while, okay? <laughs> but I, hope you, I do hope you stay. Now, before we start, there's been a terrible tragedy. You guys are all aware of it down on Table Rock Lake with the ducks. I've ridden the ducks. I bet a lot of you have ridden the ducks. My daughter and her family wrote it about a month and a half ago, and it's just a terrible tragedy of what happened. It's an awful, awful storm. And uh, before we get too far, we're going to pray, because prayer makes a big difference, okay? So before we start, let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for this opportunity to be together in fellowship I do uh, lift up those that were involved in that tragedy. Uh, it's just a, a bad, bad time uh, to be on that duck. We lift up the families involved, those, uh, the uh, responders, those that watched it, helped them to, to be strong, Father. We, we just love you and, and watch how you watch over folks. As we get ready for this service, I just ask you to uh, help me with the words that uh, they'll come across. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to talk about uh, this movement of people on mission. And we're, I hope that you see how a small act has a big impact. And we have some goals. Service, I bet the elders are kind of tired of me talking about service, but it's such a big deal. Jesus got down on his knees and washed the disciples' feet. And you think about that, and uh, we would be just like Peter, don't, what are you doing? But service to others is such a big deal. Along with that, building relationships, such, such an important thing, and being the church outside of these walls and this building is wonderful it's great to be here 
but you are the church and we go different places. All right. So I'm going to talk about our ministry at the Lawrence County Manor. We started this in February 2006. Uh, in case you want to know, the manor is across the way over here. I walked over there this morning to speak. And uh, started February 2006. It's still going on, 12 years later. Uh, Randy and Deborah Garrett were part of that original group. Judy Meehan, Beulah Hunter, Tim Snyder, and myself. I'm Mike. <laughs> now... Uh, Beulah Hunter, you guys probably, a lot of you might not know Beulah. She's one of my heroes. Beulah in February of 2006 was 86 or 7 years old, and she was a motivator. And she, she motivated and said, these old people need us. That's a, that is such a, a, a quote that stuck in my mind. She was older than most of the people there. <laughs> These old people need us. Now, you might not know Beulah, but you know her grandson is Darren Baker. And Darren and his family have been worshiping with us. So if you uh, want to know a little more about Beulah, you need to pull Darren aside. I bet he's got some great stories because I know he has. All right. Um, I don't know if you saw this next screen when Kevin was talking about it. Do you remember this statement? Do you see people to be loved or problems to be solved? Uh, when Kevin was talking about that, it kind of hit me because here's the attitude that I had. Uh, this scripture here is in your bulletin. I had just finished leading a 13-week class that was titled Get Out of the Boat. So when they approached me, would you be willing to go to the nursing home and help with this ministry? What could I say? I had just taught, you got to get out of the boat. But I'll be honest with you, and I've told them multiple times over there, I saw the back end of this rather than the front end. I saw that as a problem to be solved, and I, I knew we had been blessed to bless. I was really going to bless these people. So my attitude was not very good about that. I'll go. If you're going to make me go, I'll go, but it's a, it's a problem to solve, and they'll be blessed because I'm there. Well, uh, uh, that's a shameful, <laughs> that's a shameful thought, because I want to show you what we found, all right? When we got over there, we found people that loved Jesus and had been going to church all their life. They were committed to Jesus, and they still wanted to be committed to Jesus, but their bodies were breaking down on them. 
They were in wheelchairs. They couldn't do what they always did. So when we went over there and started doing this ministry in earnest, you know, we had kind of spit and sputtered before, but this was in earnest. We found these committed people. And I found, you know, he said, uh, speak your story. It's going to be a lot of my story, but includes a lot of people. I found a lot of people that I grew up with. I grew up in Miller. My dad was the doctor of Miller, Missouri. So I grew up there or that area. And I found a lot of people. And then also I found a lot of people. I, I work for the government. I'm a G-man. And I spent 22 years teaching, or not teaching, but working here in Mount Vernon in Lawrence County. So I was there quite a while. And I ran into a number of farmers that I worked with. So I, if you'll give me a little bit of leeway, I'd like to talk about some of those folks a little bit later. But first of all, you know, those original people, I want to show you a list of people that's been there to help out with this ministry. It is large. Look at all those people. Will Baugh, Will Baugh comes to this service. Uh, his family now worships at the Northside Baptist Church across from the high school. But I ask I asked Will one day, we do communion, give you an idea, we do communion first. That way, most of them are still awake. And, and that, that's hard for a number of these folks because it's always at the last or it's not every week. But um, I asked Will one day, this has been a long time ago now, would you mind doing the communion meditation? Loved it. Loved it. And he also picked songs, to, the hymns to sing, so he's still, he's still tied in. He brings Sarah and Jared, so he's still there. Lauren, Lauren Bryant brings her kids, and the residents love their kids. And don't we love kids? They are so funny that at the end of service, out in the, as you come into the front, there's a couch and some chairs and a table. Jude and Myla always hide from their mother. Myla one day couldn't find a place to hide. Jude had the best spot, so she just laid down on the couch and put her hand up. It's like, Mom can't see me anyway. But they're important to be there. Mark and Michelle Pruitt are there. They're very consistent with their children, Abby, Emma, and Julia. I'm going to talk a little bit about them a little bit later. But you can see the number of folks. There's a lot of people there. So it's not just us anymore. Uh, Judy and I are still the, the originals. But uh, I'm getting older, and you're going to find out through this message how old I'm getting. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's great, 
great to have other folks. Let me talk just a, a little bit about some folks from Miller, and I, I hope this doesn't bore you, but uh, Wilma Wheelock, she's from South Greenfield. There was a time where I was the one to tell her that her son was killed in a car wreck. That's, that's pretty tough. Uh, Mary Harrington. Mary Harrington and her family uh, worshipped at Grace Point Christian Church where Pam and I worshipped. We worshipped with them. Her son, Mark, is the president of Old Missouri Bank. Carl, her husband, who's been gone, he came up to me. I was standing behind the backstop of the field you shot fireworks from. Out at, is Mickey Owens at the time, but it's Sandlot now. Carl said, when are you getting married? That was in July 1976. Guess when I got married? I said, I don't know when I'll get married. I got married December 19, 1976. So it happened pretty quick. Um, Weymouth Shote. That's kind of an interesting name, isn't it? Weymouth, that's a lady. She was a head cook at... Miller Elementary. If, if you have any history of Miller, you know there was a West Elementary, there was a Central Elementary, and there was an East Elementary. I was at Central. Weymouth was the head cook there, and I remember her being very nice but very stern, you know, dealing with grade school kids. Blackie Minot, his real name was Lawrence. And his wife, his first wife that passed away, she was my Sunday school teacher, Martha, at the Methodist Church in Miller. Blackie, his son Mike, was two years older than me. He was in my brother Richard's class, and he was my baseball coach. And being a little brother, I got to tag along. And, you know, it was Mike and, and Richard. But uh, the real reason that he let me play, we played on that same field that I'm talking about. The reason that he let me play was because I was the best player on the team. I was that bragging, but it's true. Facts are facts, right? <laughs> well, I want to show you the sense of humor that Jesus has. Joanne Baker up there is my mother. She showed up uh, through the years... She was really doing as good as she could do. Uh, she went to the Methodist Church. We grew up north of Miller going to the Patton Chapel. It's a Methodist church. Some of you might know that place. We had to be there at 8 in the morning. So I didn't want to go. But Mom, went, Mom got us out and we went. Larry Mullaney was the pastor some of you might know Larry is the dad of Karen Sexton. He had four churches, so we were first. But anyway, uh, I started going to King's uh, Grace Point, first of all, and then Kingsway in 1990. My mother did not want to talk about the Lord. That sounds strange, I guess, but uh, she was afraid... <laughs> She was afraid I knew too much, which, anyway. Uh, 
Well, lo and behold, she ended up coming to the Lawrence County Manor. Her eyes had gotten bad. She couldn't stay by herself. And I became her pastor for the last two years of her life. Now, up until that time, I could speak about my childhood and about anything, but when your mother's sitting there, it's a little harder to say these stories because she knows you in and out. But I always laugh that the Lord has a sense of humor. The other one, the other one is a little bit, uh, I know you realize you think I'm an angel. Uh, I want to show you or uh, tell you about a real shameful thing that I did in high school. That's been a long time ago. Uh, 45 years to be exact. Uh, there was a lady teaching as I'm a senior in high school, and I participated in uh, just different abuse to this teacher. Uh, you know, we didn't hit her or anything, but we were seniors, we were teenagers, and we did shameful things. And this teacher ended up quitting in the middle of the year. She couldn't take us. Now, I didn't start this, but I participated, and I didn't stop it. Guess who shows up at the Lawrence County Manor? Yes, yes, this teacher. If, do you think if Jesus had told me 40 years ago, I'm sitting in this class and Jesus says, you know, uh, this lady is going to come and you're going to minister to this lady. You think I'd treat her different? Well, sure. So I like his humor. Uh, sometimes when you look back, you can see things so much clearer. Let's look at... Uh, a couple of farmers that I run into. Most of these guys and ladies, uh, I don't know the connection. A lot of them are from Freistead area. But Erna Shane, it's not shown. I've, I bet you've heard that a lot. It's Shane and her husband, Mike, was the first farm. They were dairymen. They were the first farm that I visited when I started work. She's over there right now. She's a resident right now. So you see how things, things uh, service is such a big deal. I get to serve these people that were serving me as I was growing up. Uh, Alvin Kleibacher. I don't know if you know Alvin or not. His house is just past, I call it the church in the way. Whatever that church name is. It's where Steve's parents are buried. It looks like the church in the way to me, but he lives just west of that. Alvin shows up. He's Don Kleibacher's son, uh, father. And Alvin did something that I, I didn't, uh, I wasn't used to. I always like to go up after the service. We do it in the first of the service and after the service. We shake their hand and hope they have a great day and a great week. And Alvin grabbed my hand and kissed it right there. And my first inclination, whoa, you're not supposed to kiss my hand. I'm serving you. That was his way of serving and, and thank you. And he was such a beautiful man. 
Um, from that point on, yeah, kiss, kiss all you'd like. He is such a great man. Uh, Virgil Matledge. Virgil Matledge is, is a, from the Pier City area. Is a big, strong man. Something you have to get used to and get over. You know, it says have courage. I went in to check on Virgil. He, he didn't have a cover on and he was shivering and didn't really know where he was. It's hard. It's hard to remember that. But we have to. So, um, Lincoln and Forrest Voskamp, how many ate, went to Ernefest and had brats? No telling how many brats I ate. Well, they, they were both there and, and they both passed on now. And uh, Gary Cole's still there right now. Melvin Brock, last one we'll talk about. Melvin Brock was right across the road from Mike and Ernest Shane. And I don't know if you've gone down H Highway. Uh, when he was back on the farm, they cut silage south of Freistadt. And he had a silage wagon. He drug back with a tractor along H. And if you saw him, you were stuck because it, H has a lot of traffic. His son Merlin would come and visit. And uh, that's what I want to talk to you about next with this group. I tried, I'm getting older. I can't remember names. And uh, there's been a lot of residents. We've had at times 25 or 30 residents at our service. We're right now, we're in a transition where you have eight people. Um, that will change because right now I have a, uh, I have somebody that's two years older than me there. Baby Boomer had a stroke and he's stuck there for a while. So things will change, but we're down to about eight right now. We, we'll look at this next screen of folks that I could remember. <laughs> Seth and Brooke Snowden are not here right now, but uh, building relationships, such a big deal, such a big deal. That, this lady, Fern, I, I want to call her Fern Jones, but I don't know if that's true or not. But Fern could be, and you can imagine yourself, you are in this wheelchair, you can't do what you want to do. You're, a lot of times you have to depend on other folks. And she could be not as happy as other times. But Seth and Brooke, whether you want to call them adopted or whatever, they started talking to Fern every week, checking on her, and they would make sure she got out to service, back to service, building relationships. Mark and Michelle Pruitt and their daughters did the same thing with Leon and Betty Aylshire. Betty Aylshire would come to the service uh, because the girls would push her, take care of her, and then push her back to her room. She, she was such an encourager. When I said, I'm going to bless you folks, she was the one blessing me, her and Lois and many, many, many others. 
Just a little side note, but when Betty died, she was buried in this cemetery that I'm talking about. And I went to the graveside service, and I was looking for a place to park, and this guy walks up, pretty big guy, and he says, who are you? I said, well, I'm Mike Baker. And he said, that don't mean nothing to me. Turn around and walk back. He was one of the, the people in uh, one of the relatives. He said, move your car. Oh, okay. So there's lots of things that... Uh, what we do, just to give you an idea, we gather at the front door, we pray for each other, we talk about the joys of our life, the sadness of our life. The girls, Abby, Emma, and Julia, loved Betty Ailshire so much. Well, Betty died one day, and I was the one that let the girls know that she's gone. Uh, they had not experienced death that much, and it, it's hard. It brings tears to your eye. But that's what, the, that's what this ministry is. When they graduate, guess where they're at? They're with the Lord. And that's where, they, that's where they're excited to be. I don't know how many times I've been asked, why am I still here? Because some of those folks, like Mary Harrington and, and some others, they, they have been there or were there for years. You don't want to be that way. But uh, Lois, it's kind of funny, show my age. I, I had Lucy down, and I kept asking. I asked Judy, and I asked some of the nurses, do you, do you remember what Lucy's last name is? And nobody could remember so I kind of felt pretty good about that because I couldn't remember. Well, I'm talking to Judy this morning. Her name's Lois. It's not Lucy. Well, no wonder they couldn't figure it out. Lois was a lady that was in, I don't, I really don't know why, but she was in the Lawrence County Manor. She had no family around her. She was from New York. She was a beautiful, beautiful lady. And uh, we actually baptized her here along with Clayton Drake. Did you know that's a brother to Kathy Cole, who's sitting right here? You talk about building relationships. Yeah, Kathy and Dwayne. We don't miss the day they cook here. We do not miss. It's the relationship, the, what you can put together. It's, such, it's so important be in the church. I was not excited to leave these walls, but this ministry, even though it's not that far away, it's being right there with people, and you learn how important service to others is. It's, it's such a big deal. Uh, I know this is going to take a little while, but there's certain scripture there's certain scripture that we go over and over again. And I hope you give me a little bit of grace because a couple of these are taken out of context in a way. But uh, if you are sitting in a wheelchair, you don't feel very good, and you're saying, why is God still leaving me here? Some of this scripture, I think, I, we go over and over it quite a bit. 
uh, so they remember. Philippians. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I don't know if you remember Darren Kleeman preaching on this verse, but he was up here and he was, he was straining, he's pressing on. We're trying to tell the folks, you're not done. And I'll come back to that because I want to share with you. But uh, the next one is a familiar verse. It's in funerals a lot, but it's so important to folks. Let's look at John 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And Jesus says, I have gone to prepare a place for you, a mansion. I promise to you that I'm coming back for you. And, it, you know, their faith, their faith sometimes wanes because I don't see it. It's a promise. Jesus said, I am coming back for you, and there's going to be a day that they, he taps you on the shoulder. Come on, I've got your place ready. So that's an important one for them to, to listen to. Now, later on in that verse, I didn't put it in there, but uh, <laughs> I had a uh, Jehovah's Witness come to the service once. And I uh, finished that verse uh, a little farther on. It says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I am the only way to the Father, which is a, a true fact. But I didn't see that lady again. Uh, didn't get to minister there very long. Uh, let's move to the next one. Romans 8. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. It's easy for me to say. I mean, I'm not in a wheelchair. But I'm hoping that those folks catch that. At that, some point, you're going to have a perfect body, and you are not going to cry. You are not going to hurt. Okay? Another one in Romans. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is with us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? I try to remind everybody, Jesus died for you and I. He took our sins on him, and through that we can be with the Lord. Okay? A couple more, I think. Maybe two or three, actually. James why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And I, I realize that if you've been over there for more than a year, that's kind of hard to take. But that's a truth. When they get to heaven, when they're sitting there worshiping the Lord, I don't know that they'll even worry about that. But it's their life here. Some of them live to 100 years old is just like that. And that's something for us. It's just like that. 
the Lord's Psalm there. We always try to go over that. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. We're trying to, we're trying to get those folks to be able to enjoy life while they can. It's great scripture. Uh, the last impact I'm going to talk about was something I wasn't, I wasn't anticipating. You talk about getting out of the boat. These folks asked me to do their funerals or assist with them, Francesca Klaus. I didn't spell her name correct in any manner, but that was her name. Aretha Thomas and Beulah, I helped out with that, but... These folks asked that I officiate their funeral. Now, that is something I was not prepared for. When they first asked me, I thought, man, why didn't I pay attention? I've been to so many funerals, but why didn't I pay attention to what they were saying and how they did things? But it's because of the relationship that we build up. Aretha Thomas, you, you might not know her. Her daughter is Janice Casey, married to Kent Casey. And her next daughter up is Mary Ann, married to Tim Holmes. Mary Ann would come every Sunday to make sure her mother came out to the service. And she would give us all a hug on her way in. Those relationships mean so much. It, you have to have a certain attitude to move on and build new relationships because once Retha passed on, we never saw Mary Ann again. There was no reason. I do see her out and around, and we still give a, a or she gives me a great big hug. Kazee Berry was from Miller. She knew my dad. I walked up to her when I first met her, and I said, my name is Mike Baker. And she said, yes, I know who you are. I came to your wedding. Oh, really? <laughs> I have no idea who this lady is. But I was kind of busy that day. Because he was such a gorgeous, beautiful lady. Mildred Hodson. Mildred is Carrie's grandmother. And she showed up at the assisted living, and I had an opportunity while they were singing hymns to go visit with her every day. And they asked if I would officiate. And of course, of course, yes. Gracie helped me with that graveside. And it probably doesn't surprise you, she just did great. Right? You bet. Weymouth showed. Hal and Debbie Schultz's mother. Through the process, I've known Hal for a long time. I, Pam and I graduated with Debbie. I never knew 
Hal's brother and sister. And I bet you know his sister is Pearl Swearingen. Never knew that. Since that time, I have been told that if I'm still alive, I'm supposed to do Pearl's funeral, and uh, we'll have to see about that. I don't think we're in control of that. And the last one there is Bonnie Richardson. I did, did her service back in January when it was so cold you could not hardly stand out there. It was at Shiloh Cemetery across from Lewis Sexton. Her daughter, Cheryl, was in Pam and I's class. We had not seen her in 45 years. She had moved to Toronto, Canada. Well, Bonnie, Bonnie knew me. She, her farm was across the dirt road from my mom and dad's farm. And she knew me all, all the years that I went to Central in high school. I was with Cheryl and, and different things. Her other, one of her other daughters is Carla Wilson. That's married to Galen Wilson. So Bonnie showed up, and she would come over there, and she would, after each service, she, she would look at me and she said, I, don't, I can't believe you're doing this. Well, duh, I can't even, I can't believe it either. She knew me. She was, she was encouraging at the same time. She knew me. It takes a while to know people. This last statement here, I, I want to share with you that you may not serve at a nursing home or a veteran's home, that there is a place for you to serve others. There are relationships to form that may take you way out of the comfort zone. Get out of the boat. Be the church wherever you can. Be ready to bless someone because you will probably be the one that gets blessed. Real quickly, and then we'll close. I want to talk about the veterans' home. I hope you've been there before. It, they take care of our veterans really well. Uh, Trevor called me up in March 2012, and he said, hey, you're retired. And, oh, <laughs> Some, he wants something. <laughs> they had had, a, they had, had a, a rotation of churches that would come in on Thursday and do a communion service and a devotion with the veterans. Well, they, these churches stopped. He said, would you be willing to do that? Sure, I'm retired. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, we start going over there. Trevor helps me. Kyler helps me and Alan Hudson. It's such a great time. It, I'm not there more than a half hour at the most. But it's, it's building these relationships and serving others. It's such a big deal. And these people served our country. I don't try to uh, ask them, quiz them what their service was like. That's not what I'm there for. But as you build relationship, they start letting a few things out. Now, they're always happy to see Pam. You know, they might not, uh, they might be in wheelchairs, but they're, they're not dead. And they'll, they'll, Caleb is his name. He'll kiss Pam on the hand every single time. He's very... 
He's very proper, very nice man. Two years ago, this is March, cold day, and they said, where's Pam? And I said, she is kayaking. It's 30-some degrees. I wasn't going to be out there. And they, they said, man, I bet that's cold. And Caleb, always sit over here to my left. Caleb pipes up. I, he doesn't talk very much. I bet it's not near as cold as being up to your armpits crossing the China River. He was a Korean veteran. And those folks, he would be one of them, were lucky to get back out of there alive. A lot of people lost. So a little bit about Caleb. I had to write a couple of things down because he says these things, and I, and I laugh every time he tells me. I like to go up and I say, how are you? And Caleb always says, I am good, but I think I'll get over it. <laughs> so I said, when I get done, again, I'm shaking their hand. I say, I hope you have a great day. Caleb says, days are like kissing a woman. They're all good. Some are better than others. I, I, hope, I hope you see my heart and others' heart. It's just not my heart for service to not only those folks, but it's to everybody. Serve, 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 okay? Radical summer. Here we go again. Let's pray.